El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Okay. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. With your host, Adam Dodd Brown. He used to write weekly columns for a bunch of internet places. And he would use those columns to put forth the craziest opinions. Then, he'd come on this show to defend those opinions. Then the robots took over. Joining us today, she's a fantastic comic and a good friend of the show. She'll also be hosting a podcast of her own here on the Unpops Network very soon. Who knows? I'm just happy I do not have to talk about Jeff again. Ladies and gentlemen, Vanessa Gritton. Also joining us, he is one of the most amazing singer-songwriters working today. He is working on a new album that we will hopefully all get to hear soon. In the meantime, check out all of his other albums, because they are all fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, Frank Turner. It is going to be a great show. Pinto so, Beans doesn't look good on anything. Since Vanessa's microphone was off forever, this would be a good time to tell people. We're talking to Frank Turner today. <laughs> it's Frank Turner Day. Ah! I'm mostly... Welcome the, to Frank Turner Day, then. I'm, I screamed in my kitchen for three days. I'm mostly in this to get my money back for my t-shirt. From your shirt, get sure. a new t-shirt. Yeah. I mean, really, this has been... I was, <laughs> wouldn't that be funny if this whole thing was like, you owe me 25 bucks <laughs> for a new t-shirt? What like, size is the t-shirt? Uh, it is an XL. And what size are you? I'm an I'm an XL. <laughs> Why are you trying to return the T-shirt? It's good. the stitching is messed up on it. I want it. No, I want it. I'll give you twenty dollars for it. No, no, it's that's how up much and... money you want. I said twenty five, but all right, I'll give you twenty five. No, no, that's mine. What? There's a reason I paid the twenty five for it. This doesn't make. She wants to buy the shirt off me for what I paid. Yeah, but I want to own shirt. the shirt. No, it's a tour shirt. You can only get it on tour. Tour? Like a tour like the tour browser? Yes. You get, did That's you get what it on it is. Exactly. <laughs> Jeff can't pronounce you. Deep web. <laughs> <laughs> what do you go? Tower? Is that what you call a tour? Tour. 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 <laughs> she was the hooer. It's a tour shirt. That's a tour shirt. $25 tour shirt. Tour. River, jurer, tour shirt. So I call it a tour. Whatever. I'm from a different place from you guys. So, Jeff, you just saw Frank. Turner in concert. I saw me. I saw him myself. I did. <laughs> right down Cockney Abbey. Is that how? How was it? it was you great. You yeah. asked me if I wanted to go, and I would have gone if I had known. A yeah, it was. Bit I further. I, in I didn't realize what had happened, which kind of makes me seem like a real piece of shit fan. Oh yeah, I mean you are a piece of shit. Where I was just like, oh, he's here. Well, I, well, I mean, it's I LA. It's yeah. hard to keep up. But I, I happened. Uh, he was uh, a mile from my house. He was literally, you have to at that yeah. Point. So I literally walked to the concert and just walked home afterwards. It was uh, dope as shit. I was there alone. I went to a concert alone. That's the best way to go. Uh, Is it? Mm, well, because like, because the last time you went to a Frank Turner concert, it was with the man who would eventually become the love of your life. So, well, yeah. If you want to say the but best like, way to go, you should always is, have that one singular, like just you and the music experience. Like the first time I went to a Frank Turner concert, um, I had. An absolute blast. Went with one of my best friends in the world, but also I had to b- weekend and Bernie someone the entire time. Someone got murdered by a mobster? They didn't die. Wow. But they like kind of blacked out a little bit, so we had to hold them up the entire time. Uh, and once 
like particularly loud song happened. So you've never moshed until you've moshed with someone draped over your shoulders. Well, I, then I guess I've moshed. I've worn a hu- I wore a human cape of a man. And then the second time uh, was when you got sick, couldn't come with me, and now I'm yeah living with the guy that went with me. There it is. So that's me. I did that. If it wasn't for me, there would be no Kevin and Vanessa. To be fair, you coerced him because I know he was anxious about it. I sent him a message saying you said, need to go. He said he got a text message. It's like, ah, she's a good kid. Go with her. Ah. I'm like Cupid. Why did I just make him? In that I'm wearing alone? a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am also. Yeah, this is super early for us to be recording a podcast. I think this is definitely the earliest we've ever recorded. I never understood <laughs> tire driving is the same as drunk driving until today. Yeah, they're definitely. Well, you just had a 25th birthday, right? Because I remember on your birthday a year ago, you passed out in my car while I drove home from San Diego at 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah, you got me a crumpled bag of laundry. Uh, yeah, yeah, my birthday was two days ago, and then I hosted in my last night. Uh, and I just, my body hasn't been right. <laughs> Why do I feel like I was in San Diego too? You were, we had a show. We were. Oh, did All we? Three, yeah. Okay. We had a show and then I turned 24 on stage and then uh, Jeff drove me home while I went in and out of consciousness. I also was going in and out of consciousness at the time. Yeah, that's the I best. Re- I that, remember. That three hour drive at 2 a.m. is a real, real winner. Just because yeah. I'd wake up whenever I would feel Jeff's body jolt from something it was uh, electricity so what kind of things are we going to ask frank turner well about? shouldn't we i mean shouldn't we wait until we have i want i want to know no uh, i want to clear the questions like before you ask stuff them. i mean it's exactly I, I mean he's very political <laughs> for one like so that's something that obviously shouldn't be skipped over oh yeah i mean yeah. the dude's he's far on the left um pretty far yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of his songs are about revolution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the coolest things I've ever seen was him actually do an acapella song about a specific moment of history from his country. And it was like the coolest, most chilling thing I'd ever seen. It was actually the... What? Where, are we in a land then? It, it was the Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> and it was, it was Rockefeller. All right. Just get the impressions out. Just get, just get the accents out now. Oh, uh, we we've been here for a while. We've been doing them. Okay. In preparation. I though. still don't have them out, though. Hi, your name is Frank Turner. It is. Why are you guys pikey orphans? <laughs> you was over what you do. You eat malt vinegar on your fish, then. <laughs> do you like chips? But they're not chips. They're crisps. But crisps is not chips out here. I hate you. Oh God. What's a biscuit? Do you like fruits in your biscuits? Oi, Nessa. Do you like coffee-flavored candy bars, you do? <laughs> yeah, actually. Ugh. Those are pretty good. You're trash. Uh, How dare you? Have either of you been to England? No. I've never. Maria Shahada lives there yeah. now. We need to get her yeah, on. Yeah, we should be like, do you know Maria? Yeah. <laughs> Let's ask him what his favorite food is. Hey, what's Maria Shahata's address? What kind of beans do you like on toast? <laughs> hey, a are... band called Beans on Toast opened for him the time I went to go see him when he threw up. Mm. Oh. Oh. Or I don't know. Beans. <laughs> yeah, Beans on Toast. The Arkells opened for him. Uh... <laughs> R. Kelly? Yeah, the Arkells. <laughs> it's just a chorus of R. <laughs> Kelly. All right, so questions. 
What food do you like? We have nine do you minutes like stuff? before we have to call Frank Turner. Uh, do you like stuff? How do you feel about to- uh, politics? Are you going to punch Jeff? Because I am. Yep. He's uh, a small guy. He's not going to punch me. Whoa, Jeff. Me- he's a, Jeff's he's already threatening, threatening Frank our Turner. guest. Yeah. What? I will, fuck, I will beat you to death, guy who I'm, whom I love. <laughs> yeah. It is weird. I'm, uh, I'm older than him by like a month. And I'm just like, oh, I look up to you. Well, that happens. But you're younger than me. And like that's that's a thing. That happens a lot more these days. Yeah, yeah. like as you I've noticed that like as I get older I'm like I'm older than all the athletes my, now. Yeah, my thing is hearing sports broadcasters talk about 34-year-old dudes like it's the most heroic thing ever <laughs> that they're still walking. I'm like for fuck's sake, he's six years younger than me. I'm yeah, about six years before I relate to that. <laughs> yeah, your your athletes are at their prime at grit and age. Yeah, yeah, you're like 34. Fuck, how is he still playing sports? <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Well, I used Christ. to remember thinking of 30 as being like, well, that's just it for people, right? Oh God, what are we gonna ask? <laughs> well, I mean, we're gonna. I don't know. I mean, we're just gonna talk to. I mean. How are we so terrified of this? Like, what's the thing? We're just going to talk to the guy, and then when we're done with the conversation, he's going to be like, "All right." Because we like him. Yeah, yeah. When I got I got on the phone with the coat hangers, I was just like, "Really? Yeah, Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, Yeah, you're fine." But you've never been. You've never melted down over a celebrity encounter. A celeb. uh, Only one time have I ever had some of sort of meltdown thing, and it was actually when I met. Art Adams, the comic book artist in 2011. That's it. I was going to say Jeremy Sisto for some reason. We just bring him up. (laughs) Jeremy Sisto. Yeah, we were talking about that. uh, The uh, suburbia. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I got. I mean, once you realize, like, people in the. Like, we're in the arts. Stop freaking out. Like, we do this. I don't freak out anymore unless it's something that I really. Yeah. I met Chris Evans, did not care. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've I met seen, Chris Pine. Did not care. I've seen a lot of celebrities since I've moved to L.A. But yeah. like, I met somebody, one of the coat hangers at their show, and my girlfriend had to walk up and just be like, "Can my boyfriend take a picture with you?" He's really yeah. I like. I was like, "Don't go out there. Don't talk to her." Yeah, I met Wilmer Valderrama. Didn't know who he was, but I met a drag queen uh, that I saw on TV and got so anxious I hid that under she a banged table. Wilmer Valderrama. <laughs> <laughs> no, who I asked among him who us? The bandits were at Walgreens. Who among us that isn't Lindsay Lohan hasn't <laughs> slept with Wilmer Valderrama? I mean, I mean they 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 make art and he, he makes art that we appreciate. But I mean, don't freak out; it's fine. I'm not freaking out. I'm just saying. I feel like you're freaking out. I'm not freaking out. I feel like you're freaking it's 6 out. Six a.m. I'm not freaking out. This beans is my on the table. Six a.m. Because <laughs> yeah. then he'll be like, "Stop making fun of Warren." Yeah, from. Jeff showed up like dancing. He was like floating a foot off the ground. That's because Jeff fills his body with five-hour energy. Also true. And he borrows yeah. time from the future. <laughs> it is true. I will die at. Uh, no, I'll die in my nineties. Actually, that's a uh, probably. Yeah. It's like he has a witch's amulet. And he I'm, just keeps having fun with it, not realizing that he has two years left. <laughs> I am a crazy morning person. It's super frustrating. For I actually all those am too. Me. I'm normally a morning person. Really? If it wasn't for the fact that I had to host until two a.m. last night, I am normally a morning person. You know, yeah. you can uh, leave and have someone cover for you. Oh, no, I was waiting for my cover, and they took a little took a little long. Who was your cover? Call them out. I want names. Uh, I'm not going to say who. Quincy Johnson show- showed up. God late damn to it, Quincy! He did show up at some point, uh, but it wasn't wow. supposed to be Quincy. Um, and then uh, another comic was very gracious to step in for me. But I'm up on my lipsticks on my pillow. Jeff's taking a Snapchat to explain what's happening to the listeners that don't 
No, because this is an audio format. <laughs> you could have just kept going with what you were doing. Oi, you is it? You yeah. didn't have to interrupt what you were saying, you I'm is. normally a morning person to where it's like a little bit of a hindrance in my relationship. Oh, you still have a tape deck then? Yeah. He plays tapes, you do. You got our album on tape, you know? We should try to get him to buy our album. <laughs> I know you've got albums we love, but have you been on CDBaby.com? Yeah. You can get Gift of the Magi too. What's that tape deck hard of yours? Think of a comedy cassette. Yeah, you want a golden comedy cassette? What's Thank You Bass? That is actually uh, part of uh, one of my contacts. Uh, Skype. Thank handles. you, based God. Oh my God. <laughs> that is German rapper Casper. That makes sense now. Those are hip hop words. Four minutes. Yay. You know what? I should turn off my phone alarms no. because I'm not kidding. They're all Frank Turner, and that would be. Embarrassing. You guys, you're embarrassing me just by saying this stuff in here. Act like you've been here before. Jesus Christ. Goodness. I met Peter Mayhew and I had a Chewbacca ringtone on. What do you get ringtones for the people you're about to meet? I. It's just, I got shit timing, dude. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what if when I've I bought Shook one I... ringtone probably in my life and you've had specific ringtones for people you've met? Always. Jesus Christ. But You goddamn millennials. The Peter Mayhew one was just my text message noise. And while I was talking to him, my phone went, and I wanted to die. And then Peter Mayhew's ringtone was Frank Turner. <laughs> no, just what if when I met Suge Knight, my ringtone was just the sound of a murder? The sound of <laughs> Tupac being killed. It's that Suge shot me line from the beginning of Hail Mary. Instead, just called him Rick Russell. Come with me. There's a Shug shot me line from... You ever heard that? The Shug shot me right before it starts. Hmm. You've never heard it? We, we have to... I'm just saying, it's a thing. We have to call Frank Turner then in a moment. We do. We do. We'll ask him if he knows about the Shug shot me thing. <laughs> you ever listen to Tupac? Mm-hmm. He's also a revolutionary. Why do I feel like Sorry, just... <laughs> I'm going to make a good I'm impression. Having... Oh, God. You are literally the hole on our morning show right now. What? <laughs> you, you know, morning shows? From, like morning show zoo crew? And there's always the one girl that's just like, oh, you guys. They call that the hole. It's less... <laughs> Raquel does an excellent uh, impression of her on the Monday show. Cut it out, you guys. <laughs> ah, Raquel, shut up. It's a little Monday show preview for all Yeah. Welcome to the Monday Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Monday Show. Welcome to the Wednesday Show. My breath smells like hot dogs. Yeah, and I have to get it. You could have brushed. What? You could have brushed your teeth. A brush. You could have brushed those teeth. With what? Pinto beans and hot dogs? Okay, it's just the insides that are just a potpourri of boiling gross. The Wolfman here don't like potpourri. Welcome to the Monday Show. Oh, you keep that potpourri away from the Wolfman. (laughs) Wolfman, take a bath, you old goat. God, we're like a bad improv. Check me out at JD Byrider Ford this Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. There'll be hot dogs and beans on them. We got the prize crew showing up. Okay. I burped everything out. We got fog (laughs) hat tickets. (laughs) I think I'm good. Are you sure? Because it's almost time. Oh, God. Oh, my God. No, Vanessa's going to puke on the microphone. Get her a bucket. Jesus Christ. If you do it, I'm going to do it. (laughs) 
Well, I have this Starbucks cup here. You can absolutely not vomit in that. Oh, it's so pretty. I have sandals that color. It's iridescent. Oh and I'm keeping it together. Oh, Get God. your shit together. This happens every time we have to call someone. There's always chaos. Right I'm before. cool as a cucumber, man. I'm just ready to go. I don't know why we even let I've this one I've never show. heard... Less I'm cool as a cucumber than the statement I'm cool as a cucumber. I should have played a Frank Turner song at some point. Well, you can edit it in, right? During the build up to this, not really. <laughs> What's your favorite? Should we say? Oh, we'll, we'll ask him. I want to know what his favorite Frank Turner song is. Oh, uh, actually, this is the first podcast I heard him. I heard him on an improv podcast that was very, very cool. Uh, where he'd play a song and then they would do a scene based on something they heard in that song. Oh. Sing about a job. Half of that sounds amazing. It was real fun. Yeah. The other half sounds like an improv podcast. <laughs> oh, not like people breaking into British accents or zoo crew accents? Give us an accent, Oi! you will. Uh, we've got Monty on the morning zoo crew, we do. Oh, God. I like that the sound pattern on the computer <laughs> screen of Jeff being zoo crew just looks like a spine. Well, that's what happens. Oh God! This does feel this does feel very like morning zoo crewy though, where we're like probably because it's seven o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah, that's cool. That means it's time to call Frank Turner. It's give time a, to call Frank Turner. Let's give him a ring. Oi, hello, hello. This is Frank Turner. It is. <laughs> I have the feeling that you get in your stomach like the first time you have to make an important phone call in high school and you haven't quite learned how to talk <coughs> on the phone yet. <coughs> we should get him to calm down. You down. We should get him to... No. Don't. All right. <laughs> We're dialing. Don't worry. We'll fix all this part in post where you where you talk. Oh, wait. <laughs> you have to do... Oh, yeah. I'm always afraid that, like, hackers can pick up what number I'm dialing just from the... If you're dying on the screen, they probably wouldn't be able to use no, a keystroke. They yeah, they can't. I know. But y'all ready for this? I hate my friends. <laughs> All right, we're calling right now. Who's going to answer? Jeff, you're going to answer. You're yeah. the cool cucumber. Here we I go. got it. Oh my god, you guys! It's happening. Oh, look at the little warhorse. Hello. Hey, is this Frank? It is. Hi. Hey, okay. Frank. This is uh, Jeff from uh, the Unpopular Opinion Podcast calling you up on the old Skype. Don't flip me off. Uh, <laughs> Adam and uh, Vanessa here. Uh, first off, we wanted to thank you for letting us uh, having some time. Thank you, you so much. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. My pleasure. We, uh, I, I know I just, I just saw you out here in L.A. a couple weeks ago, and it was a fantastic show. Oh, cool! Yeah, it was really at the um, at the uh, the Wilton. It was at the Wilton. I actually did, I didn't know you were in town until I drove by the Wilton. And I was like, "Holy shit!" I didn't even know this was a thing. So I, uh, it's about a mile. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, it's. Well, I was like, really. I was like, how I'm did I? It worked out. I was like, how did this not happen? And then how did I not know this? And then I just uh, I walked there, and it was a really great show, and I was really happy. 
Yeah, Jeff. Uh, good news. Jeff texted me that day, about three hours before, and says, eh, "Do you want to go to a Frank Turner concert?" I'm like, "Yeah, but also I can't go tonight." <laughs> But uh, it was it was really fantastic. I, well, I missed you the uh, the last time you were here was uh, what November of uh, twenty fifteen. I believe it was twenty fifteen. It was when or you got I, I got food super sick and I couldn't. And go. I got to go. And Vanessa got to go. So we're uh, so Thanks, I so I miss you. Uh, we're uh, we're huge fans, man. We're really happy um, to have you on. Yeah, it's my pleasure, man. Um, so uh, we just wanted to you know really kind of pick your brain about what you've got going on. I know you'd mentioned that uh, you're working on a new album now. Yes, yeah. I mean, so I just I got home a couple of days ago, back to London, where I am now, and uh, I've got various trips and bobs coming up in the next um, couple of months. But essentially, from this point forward, the, the the end of the US tour was kind of the end of the positive songs and negative people album cycle. And the thing that's occupying my brain the most right now is working on a new record. Um, I mean, it's still at quite an abstract stage at the moment. I'm mainly just kind of finishing off writing, but I'm. Really hoping to knuckle down and get some stuff recorded pretty soon. No, uh, you're very. I mean, you're super politically motivated. I mean, it's uh, it's very clear in most of your music. Um, so, is that? Do you find yourself being pushed in a certain direction as you're doing this? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I would I would um, qualify that statement if I if I may. Sure. Of I mean, I, I sort of I start, started out playing in sort of politically motivated hardcore band certainly, and in my early solo career, there was an element of that to what I do. I've just been through a sort of two album and let's call it, um, hold on, let me do some math quickly, <laughs> you know, sort of five, five, six year sort of period of, of deliberately steering away from politics and subject. And there was a number of reasons for that, um, which we can go into in a bit. But I mean, essentially, um, with the way that the world is changing at the moment, um, I've found that I've been unable to kind of resist writing about politics again. I, uh, you know, not that I'm actively trying to resist it particularly, but like, you know, I, I, I sort of suddenly find that like political subjects are making a demand on me as an artist. So um, that's very much kind of like come back into my writing in the last sort of six months or so. Well, yeah, because it's funny with, you know, you got Brexit happening over there and you have the, the election of, of Donald Trump out here. And it's like, I mean, it's almost terrifying, especially, I mean, you have you literally have lyrics talking about Russian revolution uh, in some of your songs. Uh and so it's like, yeah, th- does that sure. concern you at all, um, that people might view you um, as being a... a re- well, I mean, okay, but so, 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 okay so, so here we come on to the point of what part, one of the points as to why it is I was sort of shying away from politics. <laughs> I think, for me personally, successfully addressing political issues in song is quite difficult because I think that you have to approach it with um, an enormous dollop of uh, humility because if there's one thing... Well, in fact, if there are two things that I find kind of slightly distasteful um, in art generally. One of them is is um, making sort of facile, grand, sweeping statements that are sort of intellectually um, unsustainable. And the second one is preaching for converted, um, both of which strike me as kind of redundant. So, you know, I mean, I, I listened to Rage Against the Machine when I was a teenager, but yep. really I don't think that a rock band from Los Angeles are going to change the world, and I don't think that shouting about compromise and conformity um, is really going to achieve very much or is particularly intellectually defensible. Um, and secondly, you know, yeah, part of the reason why I wasn't writing about politics in, in the period of time when I wasn't was that I found that um, I, I sort of found it quite difficult to say anything that I found artistically engaging that wasn't essentially just sort of saying things that people wanted to hear. Um, and that, that's kind of boring to me. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's interesting too because you you said listening to Rage Against the Machine as a teen. I think you and I are like exactly the same age by off like a month. And I remember like listening to Rage Against the Machine and really buying into it. And then I thought about it and I'm like, oh, they have a Sony contract. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it's not, it's not just they have a Sony contract. I, even as a 13-year-old, I remember kind of going through that list of American sins and Know Your Enemy, and, it's, and it says um, compromise is one of the American sins. And I remember even as a 13-year-old thinking, really, is compromise such a bad idea? Because the world is full of people with different ideas. You know, that strikes me as a terribly good idea, actually, and it's something that we should actively encourage. Um, now, how are you seeing your sort of um, how American uh, fans are viewing you? I mean, as you're touring and growing, and you had said, you know, when we were at the Wiltern, for example, you were like, wow, this is the biggest show we've ever had in L.A. And it keeps growing. How do you how are you viewing that your your sort of American reception? Uh, well, I mean, you know, the America, the, the, the sort of cliche in, in the music industry, perhaps more the British music industry, that America is kind of like an oil tanker in the sense that um, like it takes a long time to turn it around. Um, uh, so, you know, I've been touring America for a decade now and, and sort of hammering at, hammering at the scene there. And it feels really good to sort of finally, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I was feeling fantastic when we could sell 500 tickets anywhere in America and, and to be at a point now we just did a Ganesh Arena in Boston and, yeah, and you that did. felt fantastic. So, yeah, you know, I'm very proud of that. Um, I mean, I, I, I have an extremely large soft spot in my, in my heart and in my head for America and American culture. Um, you know, and, it, and I feel like I've been lucky over the last decade to sort of see a fair amount of it. You know, my country is full of people who've been to New York for a weekend and then start pontificating <laughs> about what America is like. And that drives me up the fucking wall. So I'm, I'm hopefully not one of those people anymore. Okay, so you've really, I mean, do you have any cities that you've really, really, really enjoyed out in America? Like cities where you're like, you know what? Des Moines, Iowa. How great was that? <laughs> Um, you know what, Des Moines, Iowa is not terrible. No. Um, uh, I'm not sure that it's a place I'm in a hurry to move to. I mean, I'm, <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of, of Austin, Texas. I'm a big fan of um, Fort Collins, Colorado. is a, is a really is a place I spent a bunch of time. Birmingham, Alabama, I spent a bunch of time in as well. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, well, and I mean, you know, New York and LA are fun places to be as well. Well, yeah, those are always the ones where you'd expect someone to be like, oh, yeah, New York and L.A. But then, you know, when you're like, you know what? I really liked Albuquerque. Like, how weird is yeah. that? Like, I love the city. You know, so you know, I hate to say this out loud. I'm not a huge fan of Albuquerque. It's, it's a, funny you should mention that. Well, place. it's I mean, we've had some cool gigs there and there have been some good people there and I don't want to do anybody <laughs> down. But it's not my favorite city in the world. Ah, yeah, fuck you, Albuquerque. There's. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm. I have a love-hate relationship with Albuquerque, too. <laughs> it's good that I plucked that one out of the air, and that's the one we go with. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of a lot of back history in yeah. Albuquerque. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so it's... Right, fair. Well, you know, we, we went through a period of time where we kept having tour days off in Albuquerque. And, in fact, we just had one on this run that we've just done. And um, it's not... If you're just sort of parked at a hotel in downtown Albuquerque, it's really not the most yeah. engaging place. So, so no. how many times were you almost murdered in Albuquerque? <laughs> like, how many... I saw I saw a guy get um, hit by too, a car. Not too many times, <laughs> yeah. but uh, not too many times. I do remember we once we once started a tour with a warm up show at a bar called Low Spirits in Albuquerque, and there was about familiar. five people at the show, and it really wasn't the most delicious start to a run. Yeah, I yeah uh, I saw a guy get hit by a car and then get stabbed in Albuquerque. I saw that happen wow. to the same guy. <laughs> I swear, some of the bar names at places I performed in New Mexico have the most ominous na- I performed at a place called the Hideous Coyote. <laughs> yeah, it's called, one's just called Los Knives. It's called the Hideous Coyote and it was lit by Christmas lights in June. Uh, no house lights. Well, I don't see a problem with yeah, that. Yeah, remember, festive. we did a show there at a bar 
and we pulled up, and the the Uber driver was like, "Oh, that's a place," and I go, "That looks like it's been gutted by a fire," and he goes, "Oh, and it was." <laughs> They just put a bar inside it and didn't add a roof. You know like, what? Oh, okay. That's that's the Albuquerque decor. I mean, that's 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 entrepreneurial. I'll give them that. Yeah, yeah. yeah they saved a lot of money uh, by violating all health codes and uh, building codes. So, yeah, do, do you good. have? Um, do you have? Are there any of your works that really speak to you? Very. Sp- I mean, this is going to sound super fanboyish and fangirlish, but like we have favorite songs, and so. We're, <laughs> So we're we're wondering if there are any songs that you've written, or if there are any jokes that we do that you prefer. You know, I don't know, I don't know if you're fans of ours or anything, but if there are any jokes specifically that you no, but are there any songs that you've done that really sort of hold resonance with you, where that's like you're like ah, you know what, that song, that's my baby, that's the one that I I really. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I should sort of practice this with some sort of boilerplate kind of caveat about like how that generally to to some extent that applies to pretty much all the songs that get to the point of being finished and recorded and released on records and i mean that that is sort of true in a trivial kind of way i mean obviously there are songs that i that that do more for me and that i feel have been more successful as songs um i think that one of the things i've found interesting now that i've been doing this for quite a long time is that there are songs of mine that have kind of um changed their meaning to me over the years which is a really good it's quite a curious kind of thing to happen do you know what i mean because obviously i can remember yeah. who, where i was and what i was doing when i wrote the songs that i've written but like i mean uh, you know uh, songs like um love iron song i am disappeared um, broken piano is a song that sticks with me hard yeah. um these, these are songs that kind of like over time their kind of their resonance has sort of changed a bit i mean yeah. certainly love iron song is a song that means something completely different to me now as to, as to when i wrote it yeah. and, I, and i think that to me that's that's a good thing that's a sign of kind of depth hopefully in in songwriting yeah well it's too it's true too because 35 and 25 are very different years and so you can write something and you almost get this sort of like you're looking back at it from a 10-year retrospective as well and being like this this has a a resonance with me now like a different meaning right i mean this is the thing like it's it's sort of again it's a slightly weird statement to make but i mean as as you know i mean it's one of the problems with the internet, right, is it, is it telescopes time. And so you get people like, I got an email the other day of somebody sort of pointing out lyrical inconsistencies and something I wrote when I was 19 and a different man <laughs> than something I wrote when I was like 33. You're like, oh, you mean like, <laughs> you're like, when I was 19, it was weird? I, yeah, but, but I mean, it's, it's kind of like, they're like, well, what's that about then? And it's like, it's about 14 fucking years, you know, <laughs> and, and like. Of, of existing and of traveling around the world and doing stuff, you know, and, and seeing things and hopefully being an open person and learning about the world while I do it. But anyway, so, um, yeah, I mean, in a, in a weird way, there are some of the, particularly the more, the earlier stuff that I've done, I mean, and particularly the recorded versions of them, I can almost listen to them with, as an outsider these days. Do you know what I mean? Like I kind of, like obviously, again, obviously I can remember writing and recording the songs and figures for the week, but I kind of sat down and listened to it again the other day because we've just done this reissue and, and remaster thing um, for the 10th anniversary, and I was sort of listening to it kind of going, fucking hell, like, <laughs> who wrote this? And, and like, <laughs> what is this about? Um, and not not in a bad way, like, just in a kind of like, it, it felt, uh, you know, the, a lot of the things that happened back then feel like they happened to somebody else on Sundays to me. Wow. Well, absolutely. It's such a big chunk of time. You feel like you're in a completely different headspace at that point that it might feel like it's a completely different person. In a way, it is a different, yeah, I mean, different person. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, sorry, my phone uh, is doing strange things. Yeah, we did that. That's us. We're doing that on purpose. <laughs> um, no, no, so, like, uh, you know, Vanessa, you're, I mean, Vanessa, like, the road, 
as far the road you're was... almost going to start crying just because <laughs> i said the title i mean it was just it was hugely important for me when it came to moving to los angeles and making some major changes in my life in getting a divorce and trying to figure out what i wanted for myself and a big part of it was um there's this specific story when it comes to entertainers and how they view the world. And it's the story about the Glenn Miller band and walking in the snow for the sake of performing and seeing a Rockwell style family inside a house and saying, geez, can you believe people live like that? And the road was that for me in terms of maybe what I have right now, isn't what's right for me. And I, something else is calling to me right now. And that's why Frank wrote the song is for you specifically, right? Right. We needed. We needed. Con- <laughs> this whole thing is. Con- yeah, we needed confirmation from you. That's why this whole thing. It's like you did. You did the rope for Vanessa. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I was. I was hired as a PI. You know, it's funny. There's a song. Uh, the photosynthesis is a song, and obviously, it's it's a very popular song that you've done. Um, it's almost become like retroactively an anthem for me. Um, where it's one of those things where, because I retired from teaching after a decade to get into entertainment and comedy and stuff, and that song, like the first time I heard it, I was like, "Oh, this is everything I felt." But someone wrote a song about it, and like literally every single aspect of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I find it very, very fascinating that you can you can really sort of you're not writing surface, you're going a little bit deeper. And I do really appreciate the extra time well, and you. energy you've taken to sort of. Uh, sort of drilling below what you what most people would consider, uh, I guess, like pop music or whatever. It's like it's bo- it's so much more than that, and I, I do really appreciate that. That's such a damn good song. Well, thank you. I like make people listen thank to you. it. I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a strange thing for me because, like, I mean, on the one hand, like I spend the vast majority of my life thinking about lyrics and about technique and structure and meaning and all this sort of crap, um, and then on another level, I kind of I try really hard not to think about any of that shit, and you just sit down and write. You know, um, and and hope that something good arrives. And it's a weird sort of dichotomy between being analytical about your craft and really trying to just let the art kind of sing. You know, yeah, it's like think about it, but don't think about it at the same time and see what happens. Right, it's kind of like a, one of those old like magic eye pictures. You kind of got to look at it, but not look at it. Now, what's the uh, what's the turnaround rate for recording an album usually for you? Like, how long from from uh, pen to to recording does it take? You think? That, I mean, there's no there's no sort of strict answer to that. I mean, other than I guess to say that in the earlier days it was it was quicker simply because there was less kind of um, machinery around what I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and um, you know, and it, it was kind of fun and like in some ways in the early days, like you know, we finished Sleepers for the Week. I toured for like a few months, and then it was like, shit, I'm ready to make another record. So <laughs> we made Love Our Own Song straight away. And and like the thing is. There were only about five people who gave a shit at that point in time, so you could sort of do whatever you want, you know what I mean? And um, these days, you know, the machinery exists for a good reason, which is that I'm trying to, you know, as a form of communication, I'm trying to communicate on a broader spectrum. And indeed, you know, there's a kind of rapidity uh, to to what you can do when you're a new or young artist, you know, or at least starting out in a new sort of area. Um, these days, you know, I, with what I'm working on right now, I mean, as well as trying to write songs, which I've written fucking way too many of already, um, as well as 
trying to write sort of good songs, I'm thinking really, really carefully about like how I present them in terms of arrangement and production and all that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I sort of don't really need to be in a hurry right now. I mean, that's not to say that I'm dawdling, but like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I get the next thing I do really, really right. Because um, there's a difference between making your first or your second statement and making your seventh statement, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as an artist. Well, and... Um, you know, particularly with the sort of the rate of turnover in the music industry and the, and the fact that sort of novelty still um, comes at a premium and people are already sort of more excited about new bands, I sort of feel like if I'm if I'm going to make a seventh statement, which I am, I need to sort of find a way of saying it in a way that's kind of definitely right and definitely remarkable. So all of that's a complicated way of saying that I I don't know when my next record will be out <laughs> as soon as it's recorded. Um, but ho- hopefully sooner rather than later. I, I love uh, was that the one song that you did the, on the split album, the 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 one about Steve, the um, the flight attendant. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yes. this is really great. Who, and I feel like he also was, was at, that guy was actually at the LA show. He was there. Oh, really? Oh, that's amazing. Oh man, that, yeah, like his like name's Steve Slater. That's that's really dope. I feel like you were just like, I'm going to crank this song out in 20 minutes. It's great. It's fantastic. But it's like, man, that is a real fast farm to table situation here where that happened like it just happened. And you're like, fuck it. I'm writing a song for this guy. I love this guy. Oh, yeah. Well, OK. That that song comes off a record I did with John Snodgrass called Buddies. And we actually quite specifically wrote the whole record in four hours. Um, and then recorded it in four hours, by the end of which we were really drunk. Um, and, and that, you know, we quite specifically put those kind of, um, those constraints on the writing and recording period as a sort of experiment. And some of that record is good and some of it's truly awful. Well, so like um, old fast kind of, songs yeah, like was, say, it was an experiment. Old fast songs Sorry? was something you wrote almost immediately. The... Yeah. Then we wrote that the day after it happened. Oh, God damn. Just kind of like churned it out. That's, I don't think I've written a, a one minute long joke in that fast. That's insane. That's really impressive. Um, I do have. A... I mean, that, that, that's really not something that I do often. And like I say, that was definitely a kind of an experiment, if you like, with John. And it went really well. I mean, that was seven years ago, and we spent the last seven years talking about how we're going to do it again sometime. We haven't got around to that yet, but hopefully sometime. It's a fun album. Uh, I do have a question. Uh, when I saw you, I think about two years ago, you had some kind of ribbon dream. I remember even commenting that you had to wear a Marilyn Manson-esque bandage on stage and you had another guitar subbing in. But you did play one song on acoustic and it was Tom Petty's American Girl. And every time I've ever seen you play a cover, it's just the most fun, fantastic energy in the room. What are some of your favorite covers to play on stage? Like the most fun ones that you've, the ones that you've been the most excited about? Um, well, okay. I mean, I play a lot of covers. I mean, a, a very long time ago when I was first starting out doing this, I read an <laughs> issue with Evan Dando, which was in which he made a fantastic point, which is that the word singer songwriter is a two parter. And like, it's, inter- you know, I think, I actually think that people who don't have a large repertoire of covers are slightly lacking as artists. You know what I mean? I think mm. you should be able to play a shit ton of songs by other people. Otherwise, like, what are you doing? You know? Absolutely. <laughs> like, um, and, and like, I spend a lot of my spare time kind of learning up kind of, Covers, not necessarily to play live, but just sort of for fun. I mean, I've been running a bunch of Mel Haggard songs lately because um, uh, because he's the base, he's the great, greatest uh, of, of that particular scene, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so you know, um, I think playing covers is cool. I learned a lot of them. I actually did a whole tour, which I think that may have been one of uh, where I sort of played a regional cover every day. Like I tried to learn a song from the town that oh, we were in, awesome. oh, which nice. was kind of a really interesting sort of challenge for me. Like learning a whole new song every day. Um, sometimes it went well, sometimes it went quite badly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was worth a try. 
Nice. Wow. That's... Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of most favorite ones, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I am at heart an unashamed populist. So like, <laughs> as much as it might be fun, kind of learning up kind of obscurantist Mo Haggard songs or whatever, um, you know, the, a song that gets the room going is always kind of fun. I mean, that's, I've, I've released a cover of Somebody to Love by Queen, and that's always kind of a barnstormer when you play it. Um, pretty much anywhere in the world. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that off the top of my head, that's the one I would pick. Now, you, you're very high energy on stage, too. Like, I, you were, like, jumping on the drums uh, at the show out here in the world. I'm assuming you do that, you know, on all tours. But I was watching this, I was like, God damn it, how is he not passing out all the time? <laughs> like, I watched the... I got tired watching you. Uh, like, you're... Like, <laughs> Like, I was like, man, he's jumping on the drum. He's running around. He's like, do you find yourself sort of exhausted after shows or or are you just like, well, I guess I'm just in really good shape? Yeah, no, I mean, I I do find myself exhausted after shows. I mean, it's funny, like, and you mentioned me having my back injury a few years ago. And that was sort of the first time in my life that I ever kind of encountered, like, physiotherapy and and indeed sort of doctors who knew about physicality and stuff like that and it was an interesting process because i sort of grew up just doing whatever the fuck but i was never athletic as a kid and i went to see this doctor and they were like well on the one hand like so much of your musculoskeletal system is completely fucked and wrong (laughs) but on the other hand like your 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 cardio is like off the fucking charts yeah that is Um, pretty nuts because i because i jog on the spot and scream for two hours every fucking day you know and that's that's pretty good cardio workout right there um, I mean, I come off stage tired, but then, I mean, I grew up going to see bands who get, who left every single last thing they ever had on the stage every night. And that's my inspiration, you know, like whether you're, you're talking about sort of hardcore mainly like bands like Sick of It All and, and stuff like that, you know, I'd go and see those bands and that's how I want my live shows to be. If I come off stage and I've got anything left, I feel like I've, I've let people down, you know? Wow. How'd you hurt your back? Did you fight Bane? Um, <laughs> jumping off a of PA in um, uh, at Bonnaroo Festival in Tennessee, I landed. Oh, God damn! I just laughed it off. Wow! And um, I just kind of laughed it off, and then kept touring for about another month. But and about three and a half weeks later, we did a festival in Sweden, and about three songs in, I just kind of went, "Oh no, I can't stand up anymore." <laughs> um, and then I had to go and see a doctor. Wow! Wow, the Swedes—they really screwed you, huh? <laughs> They, they, they really yeah, they, just yeah. blame it on them. Just be like, ah, uh, this is on you guys. Uh, I was fine <laughs> I think, I think in Tennessee. Little, I think that's a little unfair. They were, they, it was, that was very much a, a straw that broke this camel's back. You guys heard it here. Uh, Sweden was the last straw for Frank Turner. <laughs> you, well, there you go. I, uh, I actually found 20 bucks at the concert at the Wilter, and it was pretty great. I, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. And I had just. I, that's, that's mine, actually. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, that's fine, but I'm keeping it. Uh, yeah. I no, I, well. I had just donated 20 bucks to the ACLU that nice. day because of the ban. And then I was like walking down. I was like, there's $20. And, uh, and I, uh, I bought a tour T-shirt there. I, 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 uh, I, so it is yours, I guess. <laughs> I guess that is technically now yours. Well, okay, good. Good stuff. Uh, the T-shirt has a little problem in it, and that's, what, that's the real reason. You owe me 25 <laughs> bucks. I have, I have a problem with the stitching. <laughs> No, it's it was really a fantastic show. I really do enjoy. Uh, I really was happy. And I know you said you were like, "Oh, we're going to record an album, and then we're coming back." And I was like, "Hurry up with that album! I, uh, <laughs> why don't you hurry up? We got to get we got to get you back out here." You found twenty dollars at a yeah, Frank well, Turner I mean, concert, and I found love. <laughs> soon, hopefully, but I couldn't put a time scale on it. Yeah. Oh, that's actually yeah. Another thing, Vanessa, uh, she <laughs> officially got a boyfriend at your concert. <laughs> 
That was uh, uh, fantastic news. It was uh, uh, Frank Turner, social lubricant. <laughs> there it is. Not just social, Frank. Who knew that the man I went to a concert with that got so anxiously drunk would be the man that I live with now? Uh, it was. Uh, it, it was. It was a. It was a real great reuniting moment. Uh, it 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 punctuated one of the weirdest love stories of my life. So you have given us both okay, love well, and twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be punctuation. <laughs> so Jeff mentioned right at the beginning of the interview that you're very political. Uh, what's your take on Trump and the the official visit to England, which was hotly well, debated? Well, for yeah, good I mean, reason, the, obviously. The, the debate, the debate that's taken place is non-binary. Yeah, it's complete sideshow. Um, uh, it's in fact, I think I actually happen to think it's that there's quite a lot of kind of like grandstanding going on there that's pretty fucking meaningless. Um, I mean, I'm obviously not a fan of Trump. I'm sort of pretty terrified by his total lack of competence for the job that he's been given, you know, or that he's been elected to do. I, I think that he is... Uh, I, I tend towards seeing incompetence rather than malevolence when it comes to the things that his administration is doing, but I mean, that is not much less worrying. Right. Um, you know, I think that the 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 liberal world order is a wonderful thing and it's something that we should celebrate and it was good in 1945 and it was better in 1989 and I think that um, as many people have commented it didn't just will itself into being it was created and it will not just sustain itself without active participation by people who have interest in it and um, uh, I think that the fact that the America is currently run by somebody who's it's not even he's not interested in the liberal world he doesn't seem to understand what it is and that's terrifying I think for anybody who believes in things like democracy and human rights and freedom um, so that's my sort of general take on it. I mean, at the same time, Trump is the president of the United States for, this, for the foreseeable. And I, um, as much as I'm not a huge fan of Theresa May, our prime minister, um, I do sort of think that people saying that she should just kind of grandstand and go, Trump, don't fuck yourself. Um, it's likely kind of not really people who are engaged in realistic grown-up politics. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he yeah. remains the president of the United States. And yeah. So I, I, I fuck knows what what the right course of action is. I'm just a musician. Don't ask me. But like, um, oh, we did. I think that it's a <laughs> it's a very delicate and complicated situation. Yeah, and especially with Brexit being a thing that's happened, you know, the like I I get her reasoning for it. It's you know she wants a like from what I gather she kind of wants a trade deal with the United States that she can kind of have in her pocket as the Brexit negotiations go on and that makes sense if you with when you take it in yeah, context I mean, of brexit the, the, it's the just really unfortunate that she has to deal with a monster with trump well you deal with a man who led his inauguration speech with a charles lindbergh quote who is a nazi sympathizer yeah I mean, it's not great shouting america first at the inauguration yeah. podium. Do you know what I mean? That's a phrase that has very specific historical resonance. Whether or not he understands it, I don't know, but it certainly put the fear of fucking God into me. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's fucking terrifying. This whole thing. The whole thing's terrifying. And we're I, terrified. I never... I I grew up like in the Bush era, and I experienced the anger of my parents, but I don't think I've ever been so angry that last night I actually called uh, my city clerk and figured out how to put myself on a ballot for a uh wow wait you're running for something <laughs> i'm running for something i've never been so angry that i've had to run for something and four other people i know that are just everyday people are doing so and i don't think i've ever 
I don't think I've ever seen a time where so many people are taking people it are getting active. Frank, what are you running for? Yeah, I mean, a, a friend of a friend of mine commented that hopefully that like one of the positives one could sort of hope for from this is that it's a giant civics lesson for the American population. Yeah. Um, you know about about how it is that your system actually functions and and, and works and, and and what the checks and balances that are built into it are. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the American political system. I'm, my political heroes include Ben Franklin and Thomas Jefferson. You know, um, uh, so it's an it's an interesting moment on that level. I mean, that that seems pretty small comfort on a lot of levels. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, I've never heard of those people. It's, it's, Who are they? Similar to like you know, there's that sort of like line that some people keep trotting out about, like, well, the good thing about Trump is that we're going to get good punk rock music, and it's just kind of like, yeah, that's pretty fucking small. Yeah, yeah. we had some good music when destruction of the liberal world order. Yeah. yeah, we've had good music. We, <laughs> if it means not having yeah, Trump, like, well, I'll skip you know, the good music. Suck, but there might be a new Dick Kennedy's record, and it's just kind of like, cool. That's the whitest, most privileged <laughs> thing I think I've ever heard anyone say. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, that happened a lot with comedy too. People yeah. were like, oh, yeah, oh you're gonna. Oh, it's a good year for comedy. You're going to get so get much good material. material. It's like I'd rather I could, I was writing jokes before Trump, yeah. and I'll write jokes after him. Yeah. I don't fucking need Trump to write yeah. jokes, pal. Yeah, refugees weren't <laughs> being murdered for so I can get a hot ten minute set. <laughs> Uh, it's the, out of it's yeah, the exact right. same well, material, yeah. except now I just get like slurs yelled at me on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. It's really frustrating. So I think, yeah, we should probably wrap it up. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, this we really so appreciate it. Really this. great. It is, it is my pleasure. It's been fun chatting, and I'm I'm sorry we didn't manage to work this out in person in Los Angeles, but hey, tele- international telecommunications work. There it is. Yeah, it's, and we're gonna post your phone number on Twitter, and stuff, <laughs> so it's cool. We'll we'll fantastic. get fantastic. Thank you for that. That's fantastic news. <laughs> uh, no man, you're re- you're really really. I mean, we're trying. Uh, you know, we're not fanboying out or anything like that, but we are huge fans, and and we do love your work. And thank you. Thank well, you. thank you very much. And uh, yeah, we, we'll spread the we'll spread the gospel of uh, of Frank Turner as we continue to go through here. We bring you up kind of a, an unfortunately large amount. Like it seems like we're yeah. obsessed sometimes. On the yeah, podcast. yeah. There's a handful well, of bands that we, we, we talk yeah, about a lot, and we've been trying to get them all on the yeah. podcast. We've done well. Yeah, we've okay. got most of them. You're well, great. I mean, it's, it's 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 my pleasure to be part of it, and I don't I don't mind you guys bringing me up all the time. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you so, thank much, you so much. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. it. It's my pleasure. It's good to speak to you guys. All right, have a good night. All right, thanks. Bye. What a dick, right? <laughs> that was so fucking great. He I have never really great. burped over my shoulder so much in my entire <laughs> life. That was a really good interview. I'm, that I'm was, psyched. Yeah. That was you know fantastic. what's cool is when you talk to Jeff, people. Jeff. What? You did a great job. Great job, Jeff. You did a really what? good job with the interview. You didn't have to throw me under the bus when I asked for my money back. <laughs> I feel like you really ruined that situation for me right now. I feel like we had something going where I could have gotten. I feel like you got a brought that up on your own. What the yeah, hell is that? Yeah, it's just a little bit of a little bit of a little bit That was great. That was fun. That was fantastic. Yeah, right? that was really. What? Are you all right? You're shaking. I don't even think you realize you're shaking a little bit. Am I? Yeah, you are shaking. I know I'm in a flop sweat. I didn't know I was shaking. <laughs> yeah, it's alcohol it. withdrawals, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't. It's it's pinto bean poisoning. It's pinto bean poisoning. Oh, this isn't this isn't DT. This is this is bacon uh, wrapped. You didn't tell him about how you listened to that song while you were in a, a loony bin for a while. I behaved. <laughs> I would have liked to have heard uh, that. Yeah, that would have been a great story. I didn't mention the Looney Bim thing. I didn't mention the fact that uh, when Kevin and I got together at his concert, it was post-vomiting. Uh, 
Well, he's like, you wouldn't be the first person to vomit. What's a uh, Frank Turner song we should play while we're talking? I think photos. Four simple words. Four simple words. I'm on board. You piece of shit. Tape Deck Hard is my favorite album. That's fine. Four Simple Words is one of my favorite songs uh, because everybody that knows that song, as soon as it's just playing, braces themselves, and everybody that's never heard that song is just like, why is everybody getting ready for something? It's the funniest thing whenever you just watch somebody just kind of standing there like limp fish, and then they just get taken out by a flying, excited body. Yeah. I really, I do want to see him in concert sometime. I, yeah. See him uh, in two years. Haven't had a chance. It'll yeah. happen. It will. Like, that's the good thing about L.A. Yeah. Like, unless someone... There's a guarantee. Yeah, unless someone dies, you're going to have another yeah. chance. In El Paso, I had one chance in four years to watch a band I liked. Yeah. The rest yeah. of the time was free concerts, which is how I got stuck with Cypress Hill and Corn. I wouldn't have a problem. Insane in the membrane. I would not have a problem going to a free Cypress Hill concert. Here's a problem. Or oh, even yeah, a free no. corn concert. Yeah, like, I'd go see corn for free. Wouldn't it be great? with the free Cypress Hill concert? I was working as a dental hygienist at the time, so I was wearing green scrubs because it was on a military base. Guess what happened during Dr. Green Thumb? Everyone fucking called me Dr. Green Thumb. Oh, no. How did you recover? It was just irritating. I hadn't smoked weed at that point, so I didn't get it. Oh, okay, I get it. Wouldn't you be great hearing Frank Turner cover a corn song? <laughs> all day yeah. I dream about sex, yes, all day I dream about sex. The number six? No, that's how British people say sex, because their words are weird. Here we go. I wore a man cape this whole song. This is uh, really great. This Speaking is my favorite Frank Turner album. Yes, I know. I love uh, the. Everybody has their uh, "Stuck on an Island" album. This was actually my "Stuck in a Ward" album. This is yeah. A, I would do "Love Iron Song" uh, or the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles soundtrack from 1990. Those are my two "Stuck on an Album" uh, an island album. Well, I'm assuming I would take a crate full of records. And One probably, album. Probably some turntables. So Frank Turner, I think Tape Deck Heart would be the Frank Turner album. Love Iron Song. Me. Uh, he brought up Broken Piano. That's such a good song. I would bring uh, Frank Turner's Bad album. What? Bad. bad. That's him, right? You do Bad. <laughs> Thriller? Thriller was him. <laughs> Did he do the White Album? Probably he's got one. I mean, most of the people that own his albums. Our white albums. Are white. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging out with a couple of white albums now. Uh, that is racist. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus you Christ, Jesus. Vanessa. What is wrong with you? Um, In I, Trump's America, you're going to take this risk? A hot dog is what's wrong with you. You know, the white man is back. <laughs> and we don't need to take this from you, legal citizen. <laughs> legal born American citizen. Uh, he was probably confused because you sound so white when you talk that I, when you were like, you know, when people would call me things and he's like, that oh, was they say that immediately <laughs> apparent for me. Like the second I opened my mouth to talk to somebody I know has never seen what I looked like before. I was just like, oh, fuck, this is me. Uh, I somebody on the Internet who had never heard me speak before and started listening to Unpops was like, oh, I thought you would sound like Erica Badu. And I'm like, mm. who's looking for a Adu? <laughs> Great line. <laughs> Another one of my favorite concert moments. I went to go see Matt and Kim, and I guess Erica Badu wanted to ask them to use uh, 
a certain style they use in their music video, but they answered a phone from an unknown number, and it was her just saying, hey, it's Badu. I like a video. <laughs> that's awesome. Just announcing yourself. Hey, it's Badu. It's Badu. That's what I would... I would always... I would always call myself by that if I had a cool name like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Do I should get not? my name changed back to my maiden name. How was so Matt and Kim in concert? Fucking amazing. Really? It was one of the most fun concerts I've ever been to in my entire life. The energy was incredible. Yeah. Uh, Kim does this Their thing where she... Their first album is really great. It's phenomenal. She does this thing where she crawls out onto the audience, like crowd surfing style, but they all hold her up. And then everybody holds her by the feet, and she basically just like twerks over a dude's head while there's just balloons everywhere. It, uh, it's what you think a concert's gonna be like when you're 15. Nice. Oh. My favorite concert was the whack ass concert that e- Sleazy E has on the Dre Day video. <laughs> yeah, I like. Uh, my favorite concert, not for the actual performance because it was horrible, but just for the memories. Was my brother and I getting trapped at a Godsmack concert? Oh, <laughs> oh! We I saw, to... I saw Godsmack open for. Fuck! I want to say Stone Temple Pilots, <laughs> <laughs> or no, it was Metallica. And oh, they're so bad. Uh, we went because my brother and I grew up listening to White Zombie. Like it was just a thing we liked together. And, White Zombie's great. Uh, and Rob Zombie was opening for Godsmack. Uh, I know. Wow, what? I that's know. the most 1998 sentence I've ever heard. And that's also total bullshit. It's they total bullshit. It should have. It should have gone the yeah. other way. I don't think Rob anybody's Zombie's disagreeing with that. Rob Zombie's amazing. But my brother and I were like, "All right, you know what? That works for us. We'll go see Rob Zombie and then we'll leave." And we get trapped in the lawn. Uh, we just can't leave. It's just overpacked. So we're like, all right, fuck it. We'll just sit through a Godsmack concert, I guess, and then we'll go. Uh, they did a double fucking encore and a 10-minute nice. drum solo, uh, and we were trapped in the parking lot for an hour. And just the amount of shit talking that was happening in that car makes it my favorite concert memory because it was just, we were held hostage by Godsmack. Godsmack so bad. No, you know who it was that I saw open for Stone Temple Pilots? Disturbed. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. You have to remind me to send this clip to you. He'll kill me, but it's real funny. Uh, Kevin got drunk with a few friends once and did a Godsmack, uh, I think uh, it was either Tom Waits or it was some folk song, Godsmack folk song mash up with his friends and it's on my computer and it's called god god smacky smack and i need to find it because it's the funniest thing i've ever seen done earnestly it's so good yeah i need to see that just god my god smacky road it was so i'm not the one who's so far <laughs> away when i feel the snake bright enter my way you know what's why funny? do we <laughs> sound like we're share <laughs> <laughs> i'm not the one who's showing do you believe in life after love? I saw Cher in concert. Once. I bet it was a hell of a show. It was amazing. I love Cher. And the village people opened. Oh my oh, god. god. Yeah. It was pretty great. I just watched some drag queens lip clink, lip sync Cher and it was amazing. Yeah. Cher was great. I have some of my favorite concerts have been old motherfuckers. Neil Diamond Neil concert Diamond. by far. Neil Diamond oh, was goddamn amazing. I drove to Sioux City, Iowa to see that. Take a guess. Who I saw, we have a death pact about him. 
Oh, Steve Miller. Still don't remember what he looks like. It yeah, was, I don't it know was what when Steve I was 18 years old, like. but it was fucking great because he played one of my favorite uh, Steve Miller songs that nobody ever talks about how cheesy it is Abracadabra. Abracadabra. Reach out and stab you. <laughs> yeah, I used to say stab you when I'd sing it as a kid. <laughs> Aww, oh, I'm 35 and I did that. <laughs> All right. This was a lot of fun. I'm going to put fun. this up today. Today is the greatest. Because it's near my life. It's of the three podcasts I've recorded since 6 p.m. yesterday. This is the one I think that will need the least editing. Oh, you don't, and it makes not the most. Out? Just cut all that Frank Turner shit out of here. <laughs> yeah, we'll just cut Frank Turner. <laughs> just do mostly mostly Godsmack. Yeah, I only have it at 55 minutes, but we've actually been recording for like an hour and a half. There it is. Yeah, because I got to move my car. My alarm's about to go off in two. Oh yeah, you do. All right, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Vanessa, before Vanessa vomits yeah. on the microphone. He. Does anyone have anything to plug? Jeez, tonight, uh, t- tonight, guys, I'll be at the Almost Studio on South La Brea. Uh, find me on the socials for that information. Tomorrow night, Flappers at 10 with Chet Wilde and uh, Brian Dunkelman, Unpop's favorite Brian Dunkelman. And I'll be at Sauce in, uh, in Hollywood on the, on the 24th on Friday. Uh, on the 28th, I'm going to be at Sets Tape, uh, recording at 8 o'clock at Car Lounge. Uh, please come by. It's very, very fun. John Schauble is headlining. And then on March 2nd, I'm going to be headlining in the Stages to Theater in Fullerton at 8.30. And uh, bug me on Twitter to find that God God Smacky Road video so that I remember later. I'm going to be at Castle Wolf and Show tonight. Yay! I'm going to be there. I'm so excited. Nice. I'm going to... Uh, do comedy and then sing karaoke. Uh, we have a performing under the influence show March third. Yeah, we do. Uh, that is at the Hollywood Hotel. That is a perfor- that is a unpops performing under the influence show. So come to that and subscribe to our podcast. I'm gonna drink weed lube and buy our album. Nice and buy Frank Turner albums. Uh, subscribe to our podcast on connectpal.com/slash unpopular opinion four ninety nine a month. You get all the good shit. You get all of it. It's four ninety nine a month. You get, get ten. All that good shit. You get like eight to ten podcasts a week. It will keep you entertained at work, and they're all good. Is the thing. All the podcasts are gross. Podcasts are garbage, and this is a good podcast. Not this one is good. Uh, follow us on the socials at Unpops on Twitter at unpops.podcast on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Todd Brown and at Adam Todd Brown on Instagram. Follow me at Ness Gritton. No. Do it. No, hey it's, there, no it's my it. turn now. At Hey There, Jeff hey, No, it's my turn now. Yeah. I was, I'm was. i plugging things now. I like my name on Twitter. It's hard to find. I like my name, too, because it's just my name. So yeah, it's well. It's really easy. It's just, it was just a business decision. Driving a cool name. It's a lot harder. Oh, you would know Jeff May. <laughs> it's the white guyest name in the white guyest place. Jeff Mayonnaise. Uh, and don't forget to call our voicemail line at 505-3-N-POPS. That's 505-386-7677. Call those up uh, and have them answered on uh, You People Are Insane. You people are insane. You fucking <laughs> idiots. Fucking no, you guys monsters. are great. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, I hope that was as fun for you guys as it was surreal for us. I shook. Yeah, Vanessa, you were shaking. I sweat hot dog. <laughs> Jeez, like, is there a vendor in here? Like, what's going on? <laughs> All right. 
Goodbye, everybody. We love you. You get the front turn of rookie card, everybody. Bring a blood object to Bristol Street. Bring a blood object to Bristol Street.